Okay, tonight's reading is taken from the letter of Jude. Um, Jude chapter 1, we're going to read verses 1 to 4 and 17 to 25. And it's on page 1,231. So Jude, starting at verse 1. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James, to those who have been called, who are loved in God, the fu- sorry, let me say that again. To those who have been called, who are loved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ, mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt compelled to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to God's holy people. For certain individuals whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only Saviour and Lord. Now, continuing at verse 17, just across the page. But dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, in the last times, there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are the people who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the spirit. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others show mercy mixed with fear hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God, our Saviour, be glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Uh, thank you, Olaf, for reading. Do keep um, Jude open in front of us. And we've, we've come to the end of this, uh, this letter. Uh, new for some of us, uh, uh, I imagine, and from uh, conversations I've had over the, the past few weeks, uh, lots of people saying, really enjoying it, interesting. There's all sorts of interesting things um, uh, in, in this letter. It's a tough read as well. And, and that's perhaps not surprising, not just because of the content or some of the little bits that are difficult, but it's a tough read as well because it is a letter encouraging Christians to fight, hence the, the title for the, the series. Um, we've said as we've gone through it, though, um, there's strong words in the, these letters. So it, they are strong words, but they're strong words from a concerned friend. 
And you've got to keep both those things in mind. They're, they're strong words, but they do come from a concerned friend and hear them that way. And I think as you read the letter carefully, you get that sense. Here's somebody who's going to say tough things at times, but the language is full of dear friends, those who are loved by God. Uh, there's real concern with it. And we've seen as we've gone through, as it's up in the screen, that, that the kind of things that Jude's concerned with, well, he tells us it's a fight for the faith. And, and by faith, we've seen over these past few weeks, not, not that kind of subjective sense of just that I believe in something, but that the understanding of the faith as this, the message about the Lord Jesus that has been given, entrusted to the apostles. A message about which you can say, yes, that's it. That's the authentic message. It's a fight to hold on to the true message of, of Jesus. It's also, he said, it's a, it's, a fight, well, it's a fight against dreamers. And he, he talks about people on the strength of their own dreams. He's meaning people who claim to speak for God, but you, you press into a little bit, and, and their ideas, where they come from, is not so much out of this apostolic message, but out of their own heads. And Jude's shown us in verse 4 that uh, Olaf read again for us, they, they distort this, this message of grace. They reject God's authority. And one of the ways it's seen is their, their approach to sexual ethics. Nothing new in that. Uh, they distort God's Word and they confuse people. And last week, Matt, if you were here, Matt, when he was speaking, he also showed us it's, it's a fight that God will finish. It won't go on forever. Eventually, God will say, enough is enough. Uh, but what, what do we do now? Ahead of that day, there is coming a day when God will wrap this world up, when all the problems in it to do with sin will be history. There'll be a new creation. He'll rescue his people. But we're not at that day yet. What, what do we do between now and then. We'll come on to that in a moment. That's what Jude's going to talk about in a bit. But worth noting as well, Jude says, look, this fight, it's an expected fight. Shouldn't catch us by surprise. Did you notice verse 17? Uh, just have a look at it. Here, here what Jude says to his readers, but dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, in the last times there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. Don't be surprised that this kind of thing happens. Now, the last times, if you want to know about that phrase, you, you spot it. The last days or the last times gets mentioned in quite a few letters and, and also in the Old Testament as well. It's the Bible's way of saying the time from when uh, Jesus returned to heaven until he comes back again, uh, before the new creation begins. We're in the last times now. When the Bible's talking about the last times, it means now, the time we're living in, waiting for Jesus to return. And the apostles were told these scoffers uh, would come during that time, people even in the church, who would dismiss God's word. Uh, most books in the New Testament have something to say about them. It's quite a simple message at that level. Living in the last times means looking out for false teachers. That seems to be one of the messages of the New Testament. If you're in the last times, you just need to be aware some false teachers will come. That, that's one of the things that will happen. And Jude's been saying, look, it, it, it's a fight for the faith. It's a fight against people who are all taught for dreamers. It's a fight God will finish. But now we'll see it's also 
like a fight that's intended to be merciful. As Jude, in a sense, comes in to land the plane at the end of his letter, he wants his readers to know this is a fight that's intended to be merciful. It's not, it's not just to be aggressive or to be out to get people. It's intended to be merciful. I don't know if you've ever had a, an actual fight, as it were, a kind of physical fight. I could probably guess who were the bruisers amongst you when you were younger. Um, maybe Michael was. Maybe Francis over there. Then maybe she was a bit of a bruiser. But I don't know. Oh, those of you who had fights when you were younger, scrapping away. There's certain things you need to know if you're getting into a kind of physical fight, isn't there? You've got to keep your, you've got to keep your fists up. Uh, don't put your thumbs inside your fist. That'd be a mistake. That'll be a way to get them broken or hurt. Make friends with big people. That's another thing that, that's a good thing to do if you're going to have kind of physical fights. Not that I'm encouraging that kind of thing. But as he draws this letter to a close, look, Jude, he, he's... He's saying, look, here's how you do this fight. This fight that I'm speaking about, he, here's how you do it. Here's the first thing. He, he says, look, look after yourself. Is that verses 20 and 21? Certain things in life are pick-me-ups. You know that. I mentioned this on Wednesday night if you were at the prayer meeting. There's certain in life that are pick-me-ups, and there's other things that are build-me-ups. So you kind of and know the pick-me-ups, maybe a coffee first thing in the morning, some chocolate, perhaps, a hug, maybe it is even a cuddly toy or something like that. There's certain things, the pick-me-ups, you, you, you want to feel better quickly, you, you can go to something uh, like that, but they're not really the things that, that build, build us up. If you want to look after yourself, you can't just rely on pick-me-ups. It can't just be coffee all the time. It can't just be chocolate all the time. Uh, they are pick-me-ups. Uh, you've got to be thinking build-me-ups. The frustrating thing, though, is pick-me-ups produce an effect straight away, don't they? A bit of chocolate hits the system. Coffee hits the system straight away. They produce an effect straight away. Build-me-ups, on the other hand, often they don't show results for a while. And you could begin to think they're not working. Jude wants this church he's writing to, to, know, to, he's wanting them to know and to not give up on the build-me-ups. Do you see that, verse 20? See what he says, but you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love. Do he's getting at? It's holy faith and Holy Spirit. Holy faith, this message about Jesus and Holy Spirit. And you understand what he's saying. It's not rocket science. It's, it's look, keep listening to this true, authentic message about Jesus. Stick with that. Keep hearing it. Listen to it. And keep praying depending on God's Spirit. Holy faith and Holy Spirit. How are you getting on with that? Yeah, listening to this message about Jesus. Praying, trying to pray consistently, regularly. It can be a slog at times, can't it? You, you have times like that, don't you? You, you read the Bible and it... 
it just seems to be hard work. You, you have times when praying and it feels like they're bouncing off the ceiling, nothing's going very far, and it can feel like a slog. It doesn't feel like a pick-me-up. And sometimes you feel like there's, there's not much in the way of results. It doesn't feel effective, never mind exciting. Don't you believe it? Don't you believe it? It's not true. Jude would say to us, your life is being nourished. Holy faith, Holy Spirit, they're the build-me-ups. Don't assess them on how they make you feel just in the short term. There will be times where you're reading the Bible and it will just seem bright in your eyes. There'll be lovely times like that. There will be times when praying, you won't, you just, gosh, the time has flown by and I've not known it. And there are wonderful times when that happens, but don't think at the other times when it's a slog that nothing's happening. Holy faith and Holy Spirit, they are build-me-ups. And when Jude says in this little part here, when he says, and pray in the Holy Spirit, it's not like they've been praying the wrong way. He doesn't, it doesn't mean that. It's not like they've been doing it the wrong way. They've just been praying in an ordinary way, and they need to learn how to pray in the Holy Spirit. No, what he's getting at is it's in contrast with these false teachers. Do you notice what he says about them? Verse 19. Let's have a look at, the, look at it again. He says, these are the people who divide you, who follow mere natural instinct, just what seems right to them, and do not have the Spirit. They don't have the Spirit. They talk big. They sound impressive. They sound spiritual. They've got spiritual talk coming out from them. And Jude says, don't you believe it? You can imagine how uh, unsettling it could be. You're, you're a Christian, and you're trying to live for Jesus, and you know you struggle with all sorts of things. The things that are hard, things you get wrong, there's sins that, that get you down and you think you're over them and they, they keep coming back again and they're, they're miserable. And, and someone comes and says, look, if you really had this spirit, you wouldn't need to bother with those kind of things. Well, trust us. And they claim to be led by the spirit and you, you start to think perhaps they know better. So look, if you've ever felt like that, be encouraged by Jude because he's saying, look, if... If you're trusting Jesus, if you're someone here, part of our church family, if you're here tonight and you're, you're, you're aiming to trust Jesus, if you're wanting to stick with this holy faith that you get in the message of the Bible, in this message about the Lord Jesus, Jude says you've received the Holy Spirit. So understand what he's saying. Holy faith means Holy Spirit. God really is at work in you. Brothers and sisters, if, you, if you've come to the Lord Jesus and you've said, please, will you forgive me for the things I've done wrong? Will you save me and rescue me? If you've come to him humbly like that and asking him, he has given you his spirit. His spirit isn't working you. Not that you're perfect, not that you don't get things wrong, but holy faith means Holy Spirit. Be encouraged by that. When you pray wanting to live for Jesus, you're praying in the Holy Spirit. And Jude says, so keep, 
Keep your safe position. Stick there. That's the place to be. Uh, the night, I was, was thinking about this a while ago. Years ago, the, the night uh, when Julia and I were moving, Julia and I, my, my wife, were, were moving to London, I was going to start theological college, uh, training for, for Anglican ministry. Uh, you two were playing in Sheffield at Don Valley Stadium. Uh, Julia is a massive U2 fan, and she said, I really want to go and see U2. Can we get tickets for it? I said, it's the night we're moving to London. Like, the van will have gone. It'll just be us. We won't have any stuff. And after the concert's finished, we'll need to drive down straight afterwards at 11 o'clock all, all the way to London from Sheffield. And she said, well, I really want to go anyway. I said, I'm not sure what our finances are like. We might only be able to afford one ticket, thinking she would say, oh, if you can't come with me, I, I wouldn't want to go. <laughs> to which she said, without a moment's hesitation, I'll go on my own. So I found the extra money, and we got two tickets. Um, it, it might not sound like a great idea, made worse by the fact that she was six months pregnant. And during that time, she had repeatedly assured me she couldn't go more than 13 minutes without needing a wee. Um, and she said she wanted to stand at the concert for three hours uh, and watch it. She loved you too. It, it wasn't my idea. But that's what we did, and we got there early with our friends to make sure we got a good position near the front. Uh, we were there. I don't know if you've been to many concerts, but there are people there at these kind of things who would try and elbow you out of your good position. They would try and move you out of the way. And so we got my friends to stand around Julia with their elbows out for the entire concert. And I brought a little stool so if she needed to sit down, she could. And it was worth it. Being six months pregnant, Julia was a bit wobbly in almost every sense of the word. But with our friends standing around, elbows out, we kept our good position that night. And it was worth it when you two took the stage, now tenuous link, back into Jude's. Here it is, you ready for it? It's gonna be so good. <laughs> Jude's spoken about positions too. That was it, now all of that, just for it. <laughs> Jude's spoken about positions too. He's spoken about people who look to be in good positions. Do you remember this as we've gone through this over the past few weeks? Angels. This man, Korah, those who were rescued from Egypt, they'd all been in good positions, but they didn't keep it. Uh, they lost it. Um, uh, they didn't keep it. Look, and Jude's saying, look, if you're a Christian, understand you're in a good position. Don't lose it. And, and a little like Julia and me at that concert, you're waiting. That's what we're doing now. We are waiting, not for you two to take center stage, but verse 21. Do you see it? This is what we're waiting for. We're waiting for the Lord Jesus. That's what we are waiting for in all his glory, in the creation that he is rescued by his own death. And we saw that night, we saw the U2 show. It was full of life. It really was. It was brilliant. It was full of life for a few hours. The lights dazzled. The singing was great. It was glorious. But then it was all switched off. I remember it. it switched off about 11 o'clock. 
what we're waiting for is quite different. When the Lord Jesus takes center stage once more, it will be with a kind of light and glory that won't ever fade. It won't be full of life for a couple of hours. Do you see the end of verse 21? His show has, see how he puts it? Eternal life. Eternal life. Is that right? Verse 21? Have I got the right verse? Yes, right at the end there. His show has eternal life. But it's even more than that, isn't it? In verse 21, I don't know if you um, I think about it this way. I sometimes think, don't you, standing around at concerts, you get a bit tired. How, how can I cope? When I get a bit fed up with it eventually. But it's even more than that for us. Verse 21, see what he writes. Keep yourself in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus to bring you to eternal life. Um, when Jesus comes, somebody's U2 concert is playing on their phone. When Jesus comes, it's not just to show you his eternal life. It's to give you his eternal life. Do you understand what he was doing at the cross? It was, it was death for him, but it was mercy to you. And so Jude's saying, look, don't lose this good position. So keep doing the build-me-ups. Come to church. Read your Bible. Come to the church family prayer meeting. It's, it's hard sometimes to pray, so come and join with others. It's hard to come out, isn't it, on a Wednesday night sometimes, Jude's saying, they're the build-me-ups. They really will nourish you. At home, tomorrow morning, when you get up in the morning, just before you make your coffee, first of all, a short prayer. It doesn't need to be long. Lord, as I go into this day, please will you be with me? Yeah, help me to keep trusting you. Jude says, they're, they're the build-me-ups. Build so we stick close with this Jesus. That's the first thing. That's the longest thing. Here's the second one, though. So that was look after yourself. The second one is look after others. And it makes sense, doesn't it? People who are waiting for mercy... Of course the thing we should do is be merciful to others. Uh, Jude's got three groups in mind, verse 22. Be merciful to those who doubt. Snatch others from the fire and save them. To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. Who are they? Uh, let me go through them uh, briefly. Uh, those who doubt, verse 22. I think they're people who've started being confused by the false teaching. They've heard it. They've started to wobble. Now, that's the trouble with false teaching. It's often confusing, isn't it? It sounds almost like the real thing. It may have a Bible verse to back it up. Uh, so, so you think about this. This would be saying, look, if you've got friends who've started to be taken in, they need mercy. We've got to say something. You leave them... And Jude says it's a potential spiritual death sentence. That's what he's saying. Those who doubt. Second group, those in the fire. That's verse 23. These seem to be people pretty much won over by the false teachers. They're, they're not just confused by the right in the fire now. They've, they've not just kind of begun to wobble. They've begun to embrace the teaching and the lifestyle it leads to. You can see the change 
in their thinking, in their living. And Jude says, you do anything you can to get them out of that. Snatch others from the fire. Careful you don't get burned, Bill. It is dangerous stuff. And then the last group, he talks about them this way, those corrupted others. This last group are probably the ringleaders themselves. The most serious comments are for them. And it's, it's worth taking a moment to understand some of the implications it, of all of this that Jude's saying. Look, you understand the reason Jude has to say this is because he seems to think people will be taken in. It will happen. A whole range of people who from within the church will start to abandon what the Bible teaches. You hear that and think about it and you go, will I be one of them? Could this happen to me? Or do I think I'm impervious to it? And look, even if it's not as and we're just seeing other people, understand what Jude is saying. Our, our response is never to be tut-tut. Look at those people over there. Isn't it terrible? No, that's the point of what Jude's saying. Is we're to show mercy, patiently explaining to those who are confused, being brave enough to speak to someone who, about their lifestyle. It's not easy. Uh, sometimes, we say, don't we, it's not my place to judge someone else. You, you hear people say that. Maybe you've said it yourself. It's not my place to, to judge someone else. Look, understand, this isn't that kind of judging. This isn't a kind of judging that's about trying to condemn someone or put them right on the outside. These are things the Bible is clear about. This kind of pulling people up, it's good for them. It's merciful. It's wanting to bring them back to that safe position of waiting for the Lord Jesus. If we don't speak and we know it, I think we'd have to say, and I say this to myself, I'm either lazy or a coward or wicked. Maybe the other way around. Maybe someone has spoken to you and challenged you and it felt a bit uncomfortable. My friend Jim, I went around to see him one evening to chat. I, I had my, my laptop with me. I said, I want to show you something, Jim. And uh, before I'd done it, he just took the laptop off me, turned it around, and started typing away on it. And I said, what are you doing? And he said, I'm just checking your internet browser to make sure you're not me looking at anything you shouldn't. And I immediately thought, that's outrageous. How dare you do that without asking? And then I thought, why are you worried, David? And he passed it back to me and said, it seems to be all right. Now, a bit full on, but if I'd been in an absolute state with staff and keeping it secret, I'd rather somebody found out before it was too late. Maybe in a smaller way, someone ever challenged you? How did you react? Did you get angry, annoyed? Ignore them? Can I say that the person who spoke to you, maybe they were a bit heavy-handed, and that's poor. They might have gone too far, and you feel bruised, a little bit bruised by it, and I'm really sorry for it. There is no excuse for it. That is wrong. But I think in light of what Jude's saying, hear this. Would you really prefer no one ever spoke up? It is much easier to treat bruises than third-degree burns. 
it's much easier to treat burns than look at someone who has been killed spiritually. Save others by snatching them from the fire. Again, hear me right. This is not, I'm not saying be heavy-handed. I'm just saying please understand the seriousness of what Jude is talking about. God's mercy goes a long way. Don't forget that. There's hope here, even for the worst, but we show mercy mixed with fear. What does that mean for us? I think for some of us, this might mean thinking through what the Bible does teach. You might not have thought much about why the Bible says what it does say on certain ethical or moral things. You might have even been dismissive. It's time to think it through. It might even mean spending time praying for the church in this country so that we're faithful. That'd be a good thing to do. Now, here's the last thing Jude wants to leave us with. Uh, look after yourself, look after others, but most of all, remember who looks after you. You get to this point and think, look, this Christian life is a real fight. And it is at times, it seems tough. You might be thinking, do you know what, I'm not sure I can do this. It feels a bit hard. Maybe you feel like, in lots of ways, you've already been through the mill in life. Life seems to be a constant fight already. It's either pressure or responsibility. How can I cope with more? So look, Jude won't leave us thinking. He won't leave us thinking about false teachers. Do you see who he leaves us thinking about? He wants to say, look, remember who looks after you. Remember Jesus. And we read verse 24, and it seems that while look, we've got a fight, God himself is quite relaxed and in control. So if you ever wonder if you can keep going sometimes, Jude says, he is able to keep you from stumbling. You're held in strong arms. Jude says, he is able to present you before his glorious presence without fault. You are held, Christian, in gracious arms. His death and resurrection for you, forgiven you, so one day you'll stand before him. And see how he says it? With great joy. Both God and you will enjoy what he's done. You'll love it. We get a little taste in this life but it won't compare with that day. You'll stand before God and enjoy being there and you can keep holding on to the gospel in this life because he is holding on to you. So in any kind of way, have you been a bit cowardly? Well, look at Jesus and see how brave he has been for you. Have you ever been a bit lazy? We'll look at Jesus and see how untiring he has been on your behalf. You ever felt knocked down a little bit? We'll look at Jesus and understand he let himself be knocked down for you so that when God raised him up, he could bring you with him so you could be with him forever. It's one of the funny things, isn't it, about being a Christian. When, when our struggles in this life come to an end, when we've fought and held on to the gospel, we'll not say, none of us will say, look at what we've done. 
we will say, look at what he's done for us. He's kept us safe. And it makes sense of Jude's closing prayer, doesn't it? Just look at it with me. Why land in this way? To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Uh, the music group are going to come back up. Um, but uh, let me leave you just